It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT back with you. Hour number two of the show brought to you by Remy Martin T. Team up for excellence. Raise your cocktail game with all of the Remy Martin cognacs. Depending on the mood, you could be Remy Martin XO Neat, Remy Martin Tercet on the rocks, or Remy 1738 or VSOP in a cocktail. We have massive breaking news. Massive breaking news in the Raider Nation. According to Ian Rappaport, the Ravens cut short practice today after cornerback Marcus Peters and running back Gus Edwards sustained potentially significant knee injuries on back-to-back plays. The team is having tests on both players. The concern for both players, Peters and Edwards, is a torn ACL. They both will have tests. Just terrible, according to Ian Rappaport. J.K. Dobbins gone for the year. Marcus Peters, I would assume, won't even travel after this injury. One of the best corners out there. Gus Edwards, their number one running back since Dobbins went down, gone. These, these are massive, massive injuries. And Considering who else has been gone and who's been injured throughout the course of the year. This is incredible news. And again, I am not celebrating this. I am not mocking this. I am not making fun of it at all. This is a big, huge deal. That something like this could happen. And remember, their first-round pick, first-round pick, Rashad Bateman, their future star receiver gone with a groin injury. Incredible news today. How is this even possible? That changes everything in this game. That changes everything. Wow. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe this news. As I bring in Vic Tafer and the Marcus Peters news along with a really good running back now going down on top of their J.K. Dobbins starting running back. Uh, Vic, this news is big coming out of Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter on more sustainable big injuries to the Ravens. How do you see it? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a wide-open game. Obviously, I mean, the Raiders are much improved on defense. We'll see how much. It's a big test, but uh, definitely a winnable game. You know, first game with fans back. I think the injuries you mentioned definitely uh, should give Raider fans even more more hope. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, this is shocking to me. I mean, you, you cover the team as good as anybody, and as you look ahead to the Ravens, even though they win all their preseason games, they've been decimated. A lot of these guys haven't practiced together. Lamar Jackson had COVID twice, the issues surrounding him. But Ian Rappaport, less than 10 minutes ago, Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards – potential torn ACLs. I mean, this is a worst-case scenario for a team that's flying cross-country here. I'm sure they'll be ready to play, but big news for Raider fans. Yeah, I wonder if that means that Le'Veon Bell gets a, gets a bigger role and what his shape, what shape he's in. But, um, yeah, definitely, you mentioned like it's a, it's a big test for them. Lamar Jackson's still there, so that's yeah. going to be the first problem as far as stopping him and containing him and I mean, I like the pass rush that we've done with, this, with the Raiders squad this year, mm-hmm. but I still have questions about their run defense. If that's 
and we'll see you know what happens on Monday. Vic Tafer joins us. So let's talk about that, Vic, the run defense. He's a guy who can tuck and run right off the play. He can work off read option. And the biggest thing, on a broken play, if the receivers are covered, he can take off and run. What do you think that Gus Bradley has been thinking about and installing with this defense, with a potential spy, or just the new defensive tackles who can do a decent job in tackling him at the line of scrimmage? Exactly. You mentioned like the guys like you know Quentin Jefferson's a key guy for them. He's a guy that can get up the middle, make some, you know, some pressure, and hopefully contain Lamar Jackson. I think the guys in the end, you got Max and Gockler, both are more pass rush guys, and they both have worked hard to be, you know, good run guys. But if they can contain and set the edge, if not, they got to get clear in there, get you know, Simon Thomas on the outside. But you have to really focus on setting the edge and keeping Lamar contained. Vic Tafer joins us from the Athletic. So, Vic, now, you know, we talked a bunch, and uh, right when preseason started, if, if I would have told you Casey Hayward, Yannick Ngakwe, that's one thing. Trevon Merrig, the draft pick that came to them, they were fortunate to get. But w- tell me what you think about Perriman and obviously K.J. Wright, because it seems like when Morrow went down in a bizarre way, the linebacking room got a lot better because they're bringing in guys with even a better track record than Morrow. Yeah, to me it shows, like, you know, they have the young guys you know, doing a lot of stuff in camp, like Kenan Hughes, and then uh, Diablo came back from his injury. But I think they realized that this team's kind of built to win now. They're definitely looking to win this year. And maybe those young guys weren't quite ready to have, you know, a major role yet. So, like, the more I went down and looked at what they had, you know what, this is not going to work. I mean, obviously Diablo could be a great player in the future, but right now, today, can you come in and be a guy that can contain people and, and make plays and, you're not sure yet, so you got to do something. And KJ Wright's been out there on the market. They talked to him a while back. The money wasn't right. And KJ Wright, yeah, obviously he was right. And no pun intended, but mm-hmm. he held out for more, more money. He, he had a price in mind. He wasn't going to budge. He was going to rather wait than sign too early. And he got what he wanted when the Morrow got hurt. He was able to get more money. And uh, obviously a proven player. He knows Gus's system, you know, at the back of his hand. So I'm not sure where his game people will be. He's his little play on Monday. Who knows how much, but. Uh, definitely, you look at the linebacker core now, it's got to be the best unit they've had in at least 10, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I would agree. Vic Tafer's our guest. We had Max, Mad Max on yesterday with the edge rushing here. You know, Max played a lot of snaps last year. They bring in Yannick. And this rotation, you've been at every practice. Do you get a chance to see that a lot when you see these rotations coming in? Do you buy into Cleland Farrell on the inside, or does he come in on a rotation on the outside? There's a lot of bodies there and a lot of depth that's got to play a huge role. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not really sure where Cleve fits in, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. People are going to say, well, that's not good because he was in the fourth overall pick, but I think they've got enough depth and got enough pieces they've added they like, like Darius Cylon. Uh, the coaches are very high on him. He's going to come in and be a guy in the middle that can disrupt things. We talked about Ngakwe and Max, the energy they brought this year, just to, to kind of hit it off and connect it in a weird way to kind of kind of take the whole team like by the collar and kind of get them ready for practice every day and kind of have the mentality like kind of in attack mode even in practice. So I think talked about Jonathan Hankins inside. You know, we got Solomon Thomas, who was you know once a top pick himself, has something to prove. So a lot of good players in that mix. I think Gus wants to bring him. Like you mentioned, the rotation keep guys fresh. So I'm not really sure where Cleve fits in, but that not have to be a bad thing, really. Wrapping it up with Vic Tay. For Vic, what have you seen with Jonathan Abram and the importance of him in this game? Because we saw Mahomes pick him apart. And Mahomes, very similar to me with Lamar Jackson, Mahomes is a better passing quarterback, obviously, but Lamar is a better running quarterback. So 
when you have these weapons that are dual threat and can really line you up wrong or take advantage of your eyes if they're not lined up, you know, he hasn't played. You know, this is the first game of the year. Do you believe that Abram is capable for a game like this against one of the, without a doubt, the best mobile quarterback in the league? I do. I think it's obviously it's a big question mark because we haven't seen a lot of if you mentioned of him. And we're not really sure exactly what Gus has in mind for him. I don't think Gus has shown all his cards as far as how he's going to use Abram. I mean, we hear box box safety, but we watched the Rams practice. He made a, a nice play in a deep ball, broke it up. So he's got some range. He's lost some weight this offseason. He's definitely more more nimble and definitely uh, able to make more plays down the field. So I'm very, I think, a lot of things I'm more curious about on Monday night. Mm-hmm. It's how they use him exactly in his defense, how, what Gus Bradley has in mind for Abram and his new version of him. Hey, Vic, finally, you've covered this team for a while. They're, they're always supposed to be better. Coming off the offseason, they're supposed to fill holes. They make coaching changes. They do everything to get better. Do you think they got significantly better because a lot of insiders around the country have been hammering this team? I've seen anything from four wins to six wins, and I, I really believe that I've never seen this many insiders have not only Denver but the Chargers leapfrogging the Raiders and having the Raiders go from second to fourth. Yeah, I think it's a little crazy. I do think they are improved. I think we talked about linebacking unit. We talked about Ngakwe. So for, you know, first big-time pass rushers they've gotten since Khalil left, really, and he and Max should be good, a good tandem up front. I like Merrick. I really liked him a lot in the, in the draft process. I like him now. I think he's going to be an impact player. Uh, really the, one of the first true center field types they've had since Whitson left. So I think just right there, those guys you just talked about, you see an improvement on the defensive side. Now, the schedule's tough. The division's tough, so I'm not sure how that will translate, but the offense, I should be fine. I think it's been proven last year. They've got this, most of the same pieces back this year. Uh, Derek Carr and Darren Waller should be you know, an elite combination. So I think they are improved. And the question is, how much? Thank you, Vic. You're a big part of what we do every other Thursday. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate your time. All right, brother. Take care. You got it. Vic Tafer joining us. What breaking news. Two of the best players, two of the best players on the Ravens out coming in. If Marcus Peters... And Gus Edwards could have significant ACL injuries. Wow. We'll cover John Gruden's press conference that was about a half hour ago before that news. I don't know if he addressed it or not. That's coming up after Gangster Raider. What's happening? Hey, what's up, JT? I just want to say that um, that's unfortunate news for the Ravens, but um, it's good for Derek Carr because you notice um, Marcus Peters seemed to have his number. Like every time he play him, he seems like he gets a good play or a pick off of mm-hmm. him or whatever, so that's good for us that he's out the game, but I don't want to injure nobody, and plus I like to face teams with their best players so the um, fans have no excuses, but that's neither here nor there. But I think that we're finally on the precipice of our return to greatness, you know what I'm saying, because our defense and our defensive coach is really a teacher, and we haven't had a good teacher or a good linebacking core and a good secondary in like 15 to 17 years, if you think about it, you know what I'm saying. And so I think that we have a chance, because remember I thought this before, Mm-hmm. Um, the injuries happen because we if we could make them one dimensional. We got a chance to shut them out, and with these injuries, I think this even greater in chances the chance. I mean, greater improves our chance to shut them out because we got a greater chance to make them one dimensional. Because it looks like most of the running backs are out the game, so we yeah. can focus on Lamar, and he's gonna have to pass. So then our um, secondary, gonna, who's nobody really knows about, they're gonna get a chance to surprise a lot of people. We might get two or three turnovers on top of the shutout. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. good about our chance. And I want the Raider Nation, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, everybody to know that it's a new day.
today now. You understand? With all the stuff they're hearing in the media, forget about it. That's what it like to be a Raider. You got to have like a strong intestinal fortitude to be a Raider fan because you get hate from every angle. You know what I'm saying? Until we bring home our fourth championship, our third one in um, three different cities and two different states, then they're going to um, give us our proper respect. But until then, expect to hate. You know what I'm saying? Use the energizer because we are the Raiders. We are the most hated, just like Al Davis, and our time is now. Let's go. Raiders! All right, JT is gangster. I'm gone. All right, gangster Raider checking in. Bit of a line change. Now Baltimore favored by four. It was mostly four and a half when I started the show. Look, if you're not betting the Raiders on the money line, after J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters are out, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, then you don't think the Raiders can win. They might just cover. If you think the Raiders are going to win this game due to the injuries of Baltimore, you just bet the money line and take your shot on this game with the Raiders winning outright. John Gruden just met the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Let's go out to Henderson. He's getting better. Uh, he did not practice today, and we'll see how he feels at the end of the week. We're still hopeful that he'll play, but he didn't practice today. What does the quarterback do to make people better? Well, in our system, um, he's a great communicator. You know, we talk about RCE recognition. You got to see what the coverage is. You got to see where the blitz is coming from. You got to be a great communicator. And you have to do the preparation. You have to know what you're saying and what to communicate. And that allows us to have a chance to execute in this system. And when it comes to preparation and recognition and communication, this guy's as good as anybody that I've been around ever. And um, I haven't been around everybody, but been around a lot of great ones. And that's a key, I think, to, to Derek's success. John, this is our first time talking to you since the right has been the team. What's it been like just having him around? Well, having had an opportunity to watch Seattle practice, sit in their meeting rooms, and be around them when they were really humming, um, the Legion of Boom, they were fun to watch. And uh, there's, a, there's a certain skill level that this man has. There's also a certain playing style and a certain vibe that he brings in a locker room. And uh, he looks good now. He, uh, he understands our system. He's getting reacclimated to the new term, terminology. Nothing stays the same. But our players, are, they respond to him. They gravitate towards him. He's an alpha presence. I think he and Perryman at that position have a couple ingredients that we need here. John, I'm not going to ask specifics because you'll just lie to us and, or not answer. But if I would have told you at the beginning of camp you guys would be where you are now, would you have been pleased with that? Are you happy where your team is today? We'll see after Monday night. I mean, you know, we're happy where we are. You know, we're we're not making any predictions. Baltimore is a great team, very unorthodox style of play. They have every defense I've ever seen, and they'll call it all in the first quarter. And uh, offensively, they're running plays I've never seen before. With a quarterback, I've I've been around Randall Cunningham. I had a chance to compete against Mike Vick. They use this guy like it's uh, he's a special weapon. This cat and. Uh, Tough opener for us. That's all I care to talk about. There's certain teams that uh, on your schedule, we're going to find out how tough we are when we play those guys. And it just seems like the Ravens, the way they play their kind of persona, 
are one of those teams. Um, are you curious to see what you guys are all about against a team like that right off the bat like that? Well, I don't question our guys' toughness. We, we got a tough team. We, we won some games last year and proved that. Uh, certainly Baltimore is, is as strong and tough a football team as you will find. And um, we're more focused on our execution right now, our ability to recognize where the ball's going, where they're coming from. Um, and we had a great week of preparation. But uh, we have a lot of respect for Baltimore, and uh, I think they've earned that. When it comes to week one, can you over-prepare or psych yourself out? Or? Probably. You know, I mean, we've um, you know, you got to look at last year's tape, Baltimore Ravens last year, the year before that. Then you got to look at the personnel this year. They got a first-round draft choice out of Penn State. You forget that um, Judon is in New England. You know, you keep looking at them carefully, and they've had some changes, you know. Brown is now in Kansas City at tackle. So they've had some changes, too. We didn't play a lot of our guys much in the preseason. So this will be the first game they really have down after down after down, full-speed live contact. Conditioning, uh, ball security, all these things that uh, you used to work on a little bit more extensively in training camp. I'm anxious to see where we are. As much as uh, people make about the quarterback, are you more impressed with their sustainability defensively over the years? Well, they're good. No, no doubt about it. They have a great system. I think it starts there. There have been a lot of guys walk through there and become head coaches on that side of the ball. Rozzie Newsom, one of the best of all time to do it. Not one of the best in the league, one of the best ever. And they've been drafting to fit that system year after year after year. They're massive inside and skilled outside. And they have smart guys that love football that allows them to be multiple. So, you know, Martindale does as good a job as anybody's done that I've competed against. But they have the personnel to do it. And they can play a lot of different ways. It's, it's fun to watch them play. Coach, when you look at the depth chart, uh, two names that stick up on defense are rookies Trayvon, Mary, mm -hmm. and Nate Hobbs. What have you seen from the two guys throughout training camp in the preseason that make you feel as if the moment on Monday won't be too big for them? I've seen uh, progress. You know, I've seen competitiveness against our offense every day. I, mean, I saw Hobbs do it in games in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but the stage isn't too big for him. I think Maring is just going to get better and better as he acquires knowledge in this system. He's got to prove he can be a one-on-one -on -one eraser tackler against perhaps the best open field runner in the sport on Monday night. I can't wait to see it. John, we've heard the word energy a lot with Gus Bradley coming here. As you approach game one, week one, we made a lot of changes on defense. Gus has energy. Our previous staff had energy. You know, we, we brought in new players with energy. I think we have more energy on that side of the ball. And when you watch Ngakwe, he might, you know, he might be one of the league leaders in energy. And when you put that with Max Crosby, uh, you bring in the under tackles that we know can rush the passer, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Gerald McCoy. They have a lot of energy. They've proven that in their career. Uh, Perryman, K.J. Wright, John Abrams finding his own now in his third season. He's finding his own groove right now. So, uh, again, I don't want to stand up here and make any ridiculous predictions. I like our team. I like these guys a lot, and they're working hard, and I think it'll pay off for them. A lot of teams that have a bunch of new players, they're very young, John. You brought in a lot of seasoned vets who are leaders. We talk about how, ha how happy you are at this point, at least, with your leadership. I don't know if we brought a lot in. You know, we brought a couple guys in. You know, some of our leaders are young guys, uh, our captains. Uh, but we're assuming we're going to get some leadership out of K.J., right? That's what he's always done. Uh, we assume we're going to get leadership out of Gerald McCoy. That's what he's always done. 
And uh, we expect Josh Jacobs, we expect Alec Angold and the men that were selected as captains to uh, rise to another level. The Ravens are pretty complex to some extent that they do up front on defense, just great pressure and run. Uh, what kind of challenge can that present for any old line, but especially you know for one like yours that has a couple young starters that this is their kind of their first experience? Oh, we were just watching play against anybody last year. I don't care who the linemen were. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers twice a year. You know, they played the Tennessee Titans twice last year. They present problems for every offensive line because McKinney's big. Calais Campbell's a big, strong, heart of a champion man. Um, They've drafted well, and they've got big, massive people, and they can rotate them in there. And they line them up in different shades, different gaps. they got guys that can run and hit. And um, that's the problem they present. They come in waves, and they poke the ball out. I've never seen a guy like this Humphrey. It's Marlon Humphrey. I love this guy. Uh, he, he, he can poke the ball out. And I hate to use this uh, Charles Woodson's name, but if Charles is listening. I, I think Marlon Humphrey can poke the ball out as good or better than Woodson. He poked it out nine times last year. This guy's really one hell of a football player. He has my uh, total respect. I, I like watching him play and compete. John, last time uh, you guys had a home opener, uh, obviously a couple of years ago in a different city, what, what are you expecting the atmosphere to be like? I expect it to be exciting. You know, I'm not um, – going to have any other expectation. Raider fans in Las Vegas on Monday Night Football, I think it's um, the recipe for a real cool night. Hopefully we don't let them down. Let's do one more. Growing up, John, a kid in in Ohio, football junkie back in the 60s, early 70s. Could you ever imagine the NFL being in Las Vegas? No, no way. Uh Uh-uh. You know, I still sometimes pinch myself. You know, you're out there looking at the mountains, Las Vegas, you see the strip down there, and you're getting ready to play – play pro football here. It's, it's really a credit to, to Mark Davis and a lot of people in this city that make this happen. Vegas is an exciting place, and like I said, I hope we give them a show that um, is worth the price. Great. Thank you, everyone. All right. Have a good one. How about that? How about that plug for Vegas at the end by Gruden? He's so good at those press conferences. He wins the press conference, and we hope he wins the game. Breaking news, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters look to have serious knee injuries at practice today for the Ravens. Uh, That is a big deal. That is a huge deal. That changes a lot of what I've been talking about. So we don't root for injuries, but J.K. Dobbins is out for the season. And if you look at the other injuries that they've had along the way, Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick, is out for this game with a groin injury. Then you add in Marcus Peters and then their other running back. And I don't know what to tell you, everybody, but you're not getting this team nowhere near full strength. Nowhere near full strength. And still concerned about incognito not, not practicing. What's going on there? And Richie, this has got to be fixed with Richie incognito. If they're, if they're giving him maintenance days and he's not playing because he's a veteran and they want to keep him out, I'm fine with that. But they need Richie incognito out there on Monday Night Football, Period especially with breaking in a whole new offensive line on the right side. We can't be talking about four offensive linemen. So we'll see how that develops here over the weekend. The voice of Monday Night Football, Steve Levy, will join us next. Really looking forward to talking to him as we are brought to you by Modelo. Starting tomorrow, Jim Plunkett joins us every Friday. Can't tell you what an honor that is. a, A childhood dream. To have Jim Plunkett on my radio show, Raider Nation Radio, every Friday. Brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brewed as a model of what good beer should be. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager. 
delivering a crisp, refreshing taste brewed with the fighting spirit since 1925. By this time tomorrow, plus a half an hour, I will be in my pool drinking a dripping wet bucket of Modelo's. Not one, not two, not three. You know what I do? Bobby's laughing. I take I take a six-pack of Modelo's. I put them in a Modelo bucket. I pour ice on it, and I just let them glimmer in the backyard brick. Just let them glimmer there. And then it melts all in there, and I just start popping Modelo's. And then I say, Alexa, play blank. And my Alexa in my backyard cranks tunes, and the neighbors say, oh, there he goes again. Oh, here he goes. It's Friday. He just did his 10th radio show, and he's, he's drinking a bucket of Modelo's. Yep, that's what I do. The Fighting Spirit, Jim Plunkett, the all-time greats. How about him in the Hall of Fame? Would that be nice? Cliff Branch, then Jim Plunkett, then the Judge Lester Hayes. Thanks to Modelo for being a proud partner of the show. Go check out the Modelo front bar at the Ravens Tavern and Grill. Yeah, I mean, you you be honest, it was, it was tough leaving. You know, I felt like that was literally my home. I literally went there every day. I was there in the VMAC when I was at my own house with my own family. And so, yeah, it was tough saying, you know, saying about everybody making those phone calls. And um, But it's a part of it. It's a part of it. And those relationships will, ever st- will forever stay. In the offseason, I'll see, you know, my, my coaches, my friends. And so um, my, my tenure there was amazing. Had a great time. Talked to Pete before I left and... You know, no matter what, you know, you didn't bring me back, but it's all love. We got a decade together, and that's very rare. And so I was appreciative of every moment I had there. K.J. Wright had a brilliant career with Seattle. The Raiders get him at the perfect time. J.T. with you as we continue. I'm thrilled to welcome in my friend by saying the voice of Monday Night Football, the play-by-play voice, ESPN's own Steve Levy. Steve, great to talk to you. How you been, my friend? Hey, Brick. Always a pleasure, man. Look forward to seeing you this coming weekend. Can't wait. You love Vegas, Golden Knights. You've been coming out here for years with family and friends, and now you get to call a game with fans compared to what you saw last year, and I can't imagine what you're hearing from the inside about how loud Allegiant Stadium's going to be. No, I'm so excited, man. I know, I know the, the preseason games were raucous, uh, probably unlike any preseason games around the rest of the NFL where – you know, in the old days, right, those are the tickets you gave to the paper boy, right? You know, and, of course, kids out there say, what's a paper boy, right? <laughs> Nobody gets that anymore. But uh, those were the giveaway tickets, and I'm sure uh, people held on to their preseason tickets for the Raiders to get the first glimpse uh, at Allegiant. Listen, I, you know, I got buddies out there who have season tickets. You know, the Raiders just do that right, maybe better than anyone in terms of the marketing. The way they uh, decorated that box, the gift box for the season tickets you open it up and the music and everything going on. So uh, we had our first Zoom meeting. We usually start gearing up on Thursdays for Monday Night Football. And uh, I'm sure you know all about this. And I don't know what's public, so I'll stay away from it myself. But I just know the Raiders are going to have a uh, spectacular pregame ceremony leading right up into the kickoff. Uh, it should be electric. And listen, my, my hardest job will be uh, – you know, not saying anything, right? That's that's the way to go. For me in my spot on this particular night, 
Uh, the less I say, the better, and I'm uh, I'm totally cool with that. So Steve Levy is our guest. The breaking news today, Ian Rappaport, the Ravens cut short practice after Marcus yeah. Peters and Gus Edwards sustained potentially significant knee injuries on top of J.K. Dobbins, the running back, and then Rashad Bateman, their first pick overall with the groin injury being out. You know, Raiders had a couple of players who were still banged up. They made linebacker moves, but, wow, I don't remember the Ravens being that banged up coming into an opener. No, and uh, Justice Hill also went yeah. down with a, a torn Achilles last week. So um, Edwards, Dobbins, and Hill, you know, their top three running backs all down in 12 days. And, you know, you don't want to speculate, but it, it certainly sounds like all three might be season-ending injuries. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And, uh, and Marcus Peters probably isn't a household name, but, you know, he's one of the great uh, defensive back thieves in – recent NFL memory. So uh, that's an unbelievable loss as well on the defensive side for the Ravens. You know, look, um, John Harbaugh, they'll find a way. They'll figure it out. They brought in Le'Veon Bell, uh, added him to the practice squad a few days ago. And, you know, he's a guy who can hurt you out of the backfield too if he reverts back to his his Steeler days. Um, So we'll have to wait and see about that. He's certainly got something to prove Bell does. He didn't like the way it played out. Uh, with Andy Reid in Kansas City, he was very public about that, and they actually play the Chiefs in week two. So, no, there's no question they got they've got real issues. The Ravens do now on offense, and I know that's you know that was the key spot for the Raiders to try to prove on improve on was their defense, uh, so that that Vegas defense will get a helping hand at least in the opener. Steve Levy is our guest. ESPN Monday Night Football, ABC, all the great play-by-play work he does and historically on Sports Center. So what's changed for you after the year last year with COVID, limited fans, no fans at some of the venues till now? I mean, you've traveled the country. You've seen a lot. I mean, you're one of the few guys in sports. Some of the legendary voices of baseball and basketball are broadcasting from home, and you get this amazing opportunity to hit the road for Monday Night Football. Yeah, we, we, we traveled every single week. Um, it was just the weirdest it was just the weirdest thing. Like we'd be, you know, 30 seconds from kickoff when a, a stadium is usually at full throat, and frenzied pace and just, you know, craziness and sirens and horns and, and Riddick Greasy and I are looking at each other. And it's just weird. Like we had to fire ourselves up, right? There's just, there's nobody in the stadium. It was, it was really bizarre. So that is uh, for sure what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to pregame traffic, man, and postgame traffic. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm in no rush to get out of there. I want to see fans enjoying themselves. Uh, I can't wait to see what the parking lot's going to be like at uh, at Allegiant. And this is the third straight home opener that will appear on Monday Night Football. So, you know, we've been telling Darren Waller stories forever now. He's one of my favorite guys in the league. I love what he's been through off the field and now a superstar on the field that probably doesn't get enough credit. And he'll obviously, as always, be a key in this, in this opening game. And I, I just... You know, I think people are sleeping on the Raiders a little bit nationally. I remember uh, the game we did last year, uh, the home opener. Uh, I think people thought the Saints were going to roll them, too. And, of course, yeah. you know, Gruden and the Raiders found a way to win that game, too. So uh, now with what's going on with the, the, the backfield for Baltimore, I, I think this looks like a very, very even kind of game on Monday night. Steve Levy is our guest. What I find intriguing about the Raiders is they went out and completely blew up the defense 
and got players now, and I don't think the national media is picking up on it. It's low-hanging fruit kicking the Raiders. We're talking about K.J. Wright, Denzel Perryman, Yannick Ngakwe, Trayvon Merrick, a ball hawk that they took early in the draft, and then they bring in Casey Hayward, who's a two-time pro bowler with Gus Bradley. And you look at this Nate Hobbs kid and what he's been able to do in the preseason. He's been unbelievable. You're talking about six new starters out of 11 on defense, and then the rotation that they're putting in at the defensive tackle position. And I think a lot of the country is just looking around saying, well, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, oh, Teddy Bridgewater. And a lot of the national media have those teams, and they could. I'm I'm not here to predict wins and outcomes, but a lot of people don't see the Raiders, Steve, better than their eight wins last year, where they almost swept Kansas City twice, and they came in second in the division. And I love Jonathan Abram, too, and I know you know he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field. I love everything he brings to the football field. Uh, you bring in Gus Bradley. Look, they had to do something, right? And they just giving up too many points last year. And it's a shame because then the offense doesn't get credit for what they did, right? Derek Carr sort of quietly, sneakily had a really good season last year. And, you know, they're among the top-scoring teams in the NFL. But because the defense gave up so many points, uh, the offense doesn't get any credit for that. So, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, you probably need more than a slight improvement, but, a, you know, a pretty good-sized improvement on the Raiders on the defensive side based on all the players you mentioned. And listen, some guys who are already here, it's not all about the additions, right, bud? I mean, Cleo Furl, they they got to get some more out of some of these guys. So it's staying healthy and being productive and sort of regaining their form, right? And, and Gakwe's blowing up backfields in the past, and I – you know, he didn't do it in Baltimore last year when they got him, uh, but he is capable of doing that, right? Max Crosby is capable of doing more. So I, I think some of the guys who are already here, already in Vegas, uh, need to sort of live up to uh, to what they were, the expectations. And the new players, you're right. Like K.J. Wright, to me, is, is the perfect pickup. Uh, I think he has something left in the tank, but he, he commands instant respect walking into that uh, defensive room for the Raiders, and uh, I think they'll be fired up for sure about it. Uh, all good things, and this is the time to be optimistic. And uh, listen, the division is tough, but I, I, I think the Chargers are a little better. I, I think the Broncos are really be a team to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, I know we're you know we're focused on the quarterback with every team in the league. That roster outside of the quarterback position is legit in Denver. So, but hey. You, you know, I guess other than the AFC South, you show me a weak division. It's, it's pretty tough to come by around the league. You know? Steve Levy will be in Vegas for Monday Night Football. What a great opportunity. Thrilled to have him on the radio. Last week, I'm at the old Hard Rock, which is now Virgin. Mark Davis walks in, one stake, the great J.O.D. I head over to Resorts <laughs> World. I'm walking through Resorts World. You can land a 747 in the middle of that yeah. gaming. And then Circa, Derek Stevens opens up this giant stadium swim. Yep. I've seen you at the Bellagio. You and Melrose going over to T-Mobile. Yep. Talk about the years, years you've been coming to Vegas and now how it's evolved as a sports town yeah and, and honestly greasy an hour ago said hey we were watching the michigan game on saturday i'm like hey i got a, i got a few ideas for you you know so uh listen you know me nobody's ever had to twist my arm to come to vegas and i'm not one of those guys who says you know i can only go for three nights like listen I, you know i'm not in the club till four in the morning right i'm uh, you know i could but i could stay for a week man i love i love the restaurants i love the shows i love everything all the possibilities las vegas is about and i I love going to different places, and it's ever-changing, you know, and it is the entertainment capital of the world. 
They've obviously done a ridiculously great job uh, with the hockey team there, uh, with the Golden Knights, who I think are going to be good again this year. ESPN back in the hockey business. Yes. So I'm certainly hoping for more, uh, more Vegas trips. Uh, listen, the Raiders are going to be unbelievable off the field. The question is, you know, can they improve on the field uh, where it counts in the standings? But, you know, baseball can't be far away either. Imagine the NBA's got to be around the corner. Like, uh, you know, if you don't recognize what's going on in Las Vegas these days, you're just not paying attention. Finally, with Steve Levy, what is it like for you when you pull through the campus, the gates of ESPN? You know you're going to do a couple of sports centers. You're going to be there late. You have an opportunity to talk sports and go through highlights and tell stories to so many fans that count on that brand and count on you. You know, it's, uh, it's an unbelievable honor, uh, and it's a great responsibility, uh, JT. I really, and, the, and the job's evolved over the years like, like it has many places. Like, you know, back in the day, it was always, you know, be an impartial journalist. Don't be rooting for your alma mater or your favorite team where you grew up or whatever that is. And now it's sort of evolved where they've allowed us to become sort of fans, too. And, uh, and that's really cool. But there's, uh, there's great responsibility uh, in having that position, certainly on the Sports Center desk. Because I've been fortunate to have the best seat in the house for, you know, 28 years or so. Wow, that's a lot of years. Um, and, and it's to be accurate, right? It's, it's to inform and to entertain. And we're trying to do that on Monday nights as well. And we're trying to, we're trying to get it right. We're trying to add to the enjoyment. Uh, the focus should never be on who's bringing it to you. It should always be on, on the games themselves, on the field, on the court, on the ice, whatever it may be. And uh, if we can enhance that for you, and, and, and make that particular sporting event, whether it's a highlight or a complete game, uh, a little more enjoyable, uh, you know, then I've done my job, and I'll feel good about that. And we'll move on, and we'll game the game week to week for the next week. So that's kind of how I've always gone about it. Uh, I remain the luckiest guy in our industry, and, uh, and quite frankly, I, I'm not sure what else I could have done, man. Seriously, I don't know what I would have been doing out there. I'm happy for our friendship, and I'm proud of all your accomplishments. It's one of the greatest seats in the history of sports, and you have it. Uh, we'll welcome you to Vegas. Look forward to seeing you Monday, if not before, at Allegiant Stadium. Thanks for doing this. Exactly. Monday, if not before. That's the key word. Get involved, Brick. I'll see you over the weekend. <laughs> I'll see you there. There he is, Steve Levy, or as we like to call him, Dr. Levy. He loves Vegas. Loves Vegas. I remember my nephew was in town, and now he's graduated college. And I, I had cigars with Steve Levy and Barry Melrose, name drop alert, at Bellagio. I brought my nephew with me, and he's like, oh, my God, Melrose and Levy. He was here during the Stanley Cup. I said, yeah, they're the best. Good guys. What a show today. you believe this show, Bolitnikoff, Tafer? And then we talk to Levy and Lee Sterling next. He's getting better. Uh, he did not practice today, and we'll see how he feels at the end of the week. We're still hopeful that he'll play, but he didn't practice today. Kind of nonchalant on it, but John Gruden's not going to tip his hand on Richie Incognito. JT, back with you. Hell of a show today. Tomorrow, it'll leave me better. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. Bill Romanowski will join us. Romo Cop is coming in. Love having him on. And my conversation with John Gruden, I did a half hour with Coach Gruden, which will be on TV. We're going to play a portion of that on the radio. Lee Sterling coming up. 
We're excited about that because he's going to pick a couple of winners here for you as we continue on. And again, if you're gambling here and you're betting on the Raiders, uh, the Raiders getting four points with all these Raven injuries today. Marcus Peters is out. And the news today that Gus Edwards, two significant knee injuries. Two significant knee injuries. John Harbaugh shut down practice. Now, again, I don't know when they're flying out here. The game is on Monday. I'm not exactly sure. I would assume the game's on Monday. They're going to fly out on Saturday. I don't think they're flying out on Friday, tomorrow. So if they come out, you're talking about a bunch of their guys that are going to be really banged up in a tough situation. That's a big spot. Lee Sterling joins us every week from Paramount Sports. Go to ParamountSports.com. Lee, I'm going to jump right in. You always give us winners. We appreciate you doing that, and let's have a big year. Iowa State, Iowa. Rivalry on top of this. Iowa State, a high-ranking team, but Kirk Ferentz in Iowa has been winning this rivalry for a while. How do you see the game? Yeah, they're they're like the turtle. They don't have fancy... You know, uh, spreads. They, they, you know, they just play rock'em sock'em football. Iowa State has five guys that could end up going the first two rounds of the draft. I don't think we've ever seen that. Matt Campbell has not been able to break through in three tries against Kirk Ferentz. But uh, with Brock Purdy at quarterback, I doubt whether we're going to see a repeat of last week's Michael Penix. Uh, what he did, two pick sixes here. Also, Charlie Kohler, the tight end for Iowa State, did not play in that game. And uh, he returns. He's 6'6". He's almost unguardable. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they wager, they base their decisions probably through at least midseason on the first game and what they watch. And just think that Iowa State showed absolutely nothing against Northern Iowa. Uh, They have nothing ahead of this game with UNLV, Baylor, and Kansas. So I think they might bring out some trick plays here. Uh, And I just think that they're the better team here. I like Iowa State to finally break through under Matt Campbell. Can you imagine if he wins this game as the number nine-rated team? If you thought that there was hype on where he was going to end up, he wins this game. Uh, he might be mentioned with every job in the NFL and college football here. It's time. Iowa State 23-16. Lee Sterling joins us watching the Ohio State struggle against Minnesota. In Minnesota, I thought they were in big-time trouble. Their quarterback settled down in that game. Now they get Oregon at home. Oregon's best player was in a walking boot. Line opened up Iowa State minus 11.5. Now it's 14.5 against a power like Oregon. Is Oregon even going to get on the plane, getting over two touchdowns? What's going on with the spread? Well, if you know Mario Cristobal, their head coach, um, he fears nothing. He's a former U.M. player when, when they won the national title uh, in 2001, and he loves, you know, he loves this type of challenge. They've actually beaten three straight-ranked opponents. And who did he hire as his offensive coordinator? None other than Joe Moorhead, who was at Penn State before he went to Mississippi State in 2016, 2017. So, when he was there in two years, he led him to a 24-21 win over the Buckeyes and a 39-38 narrow loss. It wasn't his fault. It was the defense. So uh, he'll be ready and up for the challenge. Both teams have really good receivers and a uh, great duo of running backs in the backfield. I just think that Oregon can go head-to-head with this Ohio State team. The Ducks recruit just like most SEC opponents. Problem with Mario Cristobal, his game management sometimes isn't great. The last two minutes of the game, hey, getting 14.5 points, he doesn't need to be perfect. 
Ohio State wins in a barn burner, 42-35. I'm taking the 14-and-a-half. I'm sure you are. Let's go to Lee Sterling. And last night on my show, I picked Buffalo, the Bills, to win the Super Bowl. In my annual Super Bowl preview show, first time in my career, I picked Buffalo over Green Bay. I got the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Forget about that. Bills open up and opened up minus five and a half, now six and a half at home against Pittsburgh. If I recall, what Pittsburgh started off 10 and 0 last year, tough game to handicap. It is, uh, but, uh, you know, now all of a sudden, Buffalo goes from being the hunter to the hunted. And Josh Allen, as great as he is, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's going to face, it looks like, a really stiff Steelers pass rush. I'm going to project T.J. Watt will work out that contract. He'll be back. Uh, Cameron Hayward is is there to rush the quarterback. A healthy Devin Bush. How about this? The Steelers were the only team to have more than 50 sacks last year. They put up 56. Their 35.1% pressure rate on pass plays, 7% higher than any other team. And Ben Roethlisberger, we've always known he's had the receivers with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, but now he's finally got a running back in Najee Harris here. Wrong team favored. Pittsburgh knocks off Buffalo opening weekend, 28-24. Pittsburgh outright on the road. Let's quickly get to Kansas City and Cleveland. Kansas City minus six. It opens up sharp money in on Cleveland minus five and a half. Totals 54 and a half. I was right. They were wrong. I said Baker Mayfield would be a great player in this league. I'm right. Baker Mayfield's a hell of a player. They got Clowney and Garrett up front. They got a great secondary Big matchup. What an opening game. I think it's better than Dallas and Tampa Bay. How do you see this one? I I agree with you. I mean, Cleveland didn't flinch. After beating their rival Pittsburgh, they had enough to come back from a 19-3 deficit. They almost won the game, losing 22-17. They've added some great defensive pieces here that will complement Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Odell Beckham's back. Uh, hey, Kansas City, more of the same, but this could be another shootout. Let's go with Kansas City winning the game, pulling it out. Last team with the ball wins, 34-31, but I'll take Cleveland in the 6-6.5. Six, six well, you're taking Cleveland in the points, yep. and the game of the week right here where I'll be, hosting the Brian Post in front of the Al Davis torch with the Lanai windows behind me. Maybe the best photo op of my Raider career. <laughs> here we go, and you saw the injuries. Ian Rappaport, Marcus yep. Peters, J.K. Dobbins, now Gus Edwards. Ravens, whoa, coming in, banged up. Raiders, first ever game with fans at home. How do we get your game of the week? Just call 800-400-9741. We'll lay it out on a silver platter for you. What a year we had last year. The number one handicapping service in the country. It's documented combined college football and the NFL. We're going to try to work through this maze. It should be a little easier this year. Less games will be canceled. Less guys will be out. So really looking forward to it. And first weekend, I rate my games from 10 to 50 units. I've never opened up in 28 years with a 50-unit play in the NFL. I found the game where a game is off by at least a touchdown. You want to get this game? Just go to ParamountSports.com right now. Documented, number one. Why do you think I have them on my shows all the time? Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Talk to you next week, Lee. 
Okay. Thanks, JT. Lee Sterling. Fantastic. Good friend. I trust him. That's why I have him on the show. I don't put guys on the show I don't trust who don't have a documented track record. And he told you about that one last year. It's all up there. Go check it out. And Lee Sterling, bet with your wallet, not with your head. Hey, Bobby, as good as we could do today. And I had nothing to do with it. Steve Levy, voice of Monday Night Football. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Fred Bolitnikoff. Lee Sterling. That's a good show. Told you when I moved here I'd do a good show. Raider Nation Radio. Two hours. And all these new partners we're welcoming. We're going to go through them all tomorrow. Monday I'll be broadcasting live from the torch. Inside with this show before I anchor the pre and post game. One of the biggest nights I've ever had in Vegas is coming up on Monday night. We'll be here tomorrow with my John Gruden interview and Bill Romanowski. Vince Sapienza. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.